Hello and welcome to On Board with Cruise Passenger, a podcast series for people who choose to cruise and those considering a cruise holiday. I'm Rose Jacobs, travel journalist from Cruise Passenger Magazine. And I'm Peter Lynch. I'm the editor of Cruise Passenger Magazine. And I'm Bernadette Chua, the content editor of Cruise Passenger Magazine. And together we produce cruisepassenger, you guessed it, <laughs> I would have never thought. <laughs> which is also the region's biggest independent source of news wow. about cruising. Today we're going to be talking about cruising the world's mighty rivers. Mm. Yes, because there are more river cruise lines and river cruisers than ever. And there has been a huge growth in Europe, Asia, America, right across the world for this incredibly convenient and rather sedate, relaxing form of travel. River cruising is without doubt one of the biggest topics of the moment. I like to think of it as mindful cruising. (laughs) And I have to say, I'm a big River Cruise fan. Me too. So we'll also be talking to you about the latest ships, destinations, and more importantly, we'll tell you how to choose the River Cruise for you and how to get the best deals. Oh, and we'll be talking to a man who has done a lot to bring down the cost of River Cruising. I like this guy. Mm. It was (laughs) once considered a holiday for the well-heeled. But we're going to explain also exactly what is river cruising. But don't forget, we always like to reward our listeners with a great competition or deal. So I suggest you stay tuned for what we have to offer today. Yes, you can win a cruise to New Zealand worth $7,000 with Princess Cruises. Go to cruisepassenger.com.au forward slash new wave. That sounds like a fantastic offer. I like the sound of that one. Yeah. And while you're on our site, enter our contest for a $20,000 Kimberley cruise with Coral Expeditions. Oh, I want that. They're just coming out of our ears, really. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before you enter, guys, though, you might be listening and wondering to yourself, what exactly is river cruising? Mm. So shall we paint a picture and what it looks like today, guys? Ooh, very Monet. Mm. Great (laughs) idea, Burn. Which you can actually see on a river cruise. Is that right? That's right. I'm not surprised. It paints the picture perfectly. It's a very sedate, as we said, style of travel. In fact, for me, it wasn't until I took my first river cruise just a couple of years ago, and that's when I really understood how fabulous this type of holiday is and why so many people are now doing the same. Mm. Yes, here's why. On one of the commonest routes in Europe, Amsterdam to Basel in Switzerland, you can go through five different countries, jump off and explore every day, wine and dine on shore or in the restaurants on your ship, and unpack only once. I like Mm. that. You'll be delivered every day to a delightful town or village, perhaps a castle or fabulous exclusive arts event, and it will usually be just a short walk from your floating hotel. No waiting for tenders, no queuing. And as our PM is always saying, how good is that? Oh, Peter. I think that's a foghorn moment. (laughs) No, (laughs) it is. Wait, do river ships have fog horns or is that an ocean? They have. They do have fog horns. They do. They absolutely do. Are they a bit smaller and quieter and more sedate? I don't think they're quiet. (laughs) They have to make a noise. They might be more sedate though. Because (laughs) you've got to remember, uh, European rivers are also used by industrial ships. Ah. So they're very busy sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, very cool. So, yes, it's the most hassle-free holiday you can imagine. Most of Europe's river ships are about the same length and width. Pretty surprising because, you know, Lots of ocean ships are of different sizes. So they can go through the many locks needed to keep water levels stable and allow them to travel upstream so you can actually go up and down the river. Oh. 
Yes, hmm. they're all around 135 meters long and probably the same width too. Usually three decks with a large lounge, two to three restaurants, and a captain's bridge that goes up and down on hydraulics because along the locks, the rivers are crisscrossed by very low bridges. So if the captain doesn't move very quickly, well... And yes, before you ask, there have been a couple of instances where the captain forgot with quite disastrous results. Well, maybe he was on his mobile phone. <laughs> exactly, possibly. Never. But because of the space restrictions, you get some really clever design work going on, on as lines compete to be different. For instance, for years, the European-built ships had what they call French balconies, where you can open your cabin window or door but not go out. That's so rather French. strangely. <laughs> yes, yeah. not exactly a balcony. Of course, if you do go out, you fall into the water. <laughs> then along came Scenic from Australia and invented what they called the spaceships, which had full balconies. Is that just because they have more space? No, they decided you'd rather have a balcony than a larger bedroom. But I think it makes a difference, though, because you really feel immersed into the scenery. Well, yes, but on the other hand, when you actually take your French door down, you actually have all of the scenery in front of you. Mm. So it does actually and, work. And the fresh air. So does that mean that because... And that a bigger bedroom. Yeah, true. But that was so that was scenic from Australia. So in other yes. words, an Aussie really changed European river cruising. Absolutely. We right. are the pioneers. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yes. And Avalon Waterways also came up with something so stunningly simple. You'll wonder why everyone didn't do it. They made all the beds face the windows so you can appreciate the beautiful countryside passing by. Simple, right? Oh, that's actually, I've experienced that. I was on an Avalon river oh, ship nice. in the Irrawaddy where the, the bed faced out the window and that was spectacular waking up, seeing all the mm. rice paddy fields and the farmers working. It was amazing. Just as you traverse mm. by. Oh, you can picture it now. I can, I can oh. indeed. But and actually, they're getting pretty fancy now, aren't they, Peter? They are. Swimming pools that turn into cinemas, spas, fitness centres, pools, an amazing interior decor, like on Uniworld, where you have huge cut glass chandeliers hanging from the ceiling Ooh, that so sounds French. very very fancy it does doesn't it but actually i have to say that no matter which cruise line you do go with because you can choose budget or go for the more luxe mm. for me the best part of any river cruise ship is that they all have those stunning open air rooftop decks that allow the passengers to you can go up there and pull up a deck chair grab a glass of something nice and chilled take your book sit back and watch the rivers float by mm. and that in its essence, is what river cruising is about. It is, isn't it? Sitting on that gorgeous deck and looking at the countryside, the castles, the gorgeous vineyards that are passing just on the horizon. It's but lovely. hopefully not sedated. <laughs> <laughs> not well, sedated. Sedated. Sedate. Those, those cocktails, they'll do anything. But I have to say, you're right, Peter, because from those destinations like Europe, undoubtedly still the most popular river destinations still to this day, mm. then through to Asia, Africa, the Nile, Russia, the list is endless in terms of places you can go for river cruising and it's growing by the minute. Indeed yeah. it is. I was in Provence a couple of months back where I feasted on truffles, drank Chateau Neuf to Pap Ooh. at the actual winery with mm. Viking, but my most adventurous was on in northern India where last year we went in search of tigers on the Brahmaputra River. 
We went on safari and saw single-horned rhino, and literally we were the only ship on this river. So wow. river river cruising can be adventurous then? Absolutely, Bern. I think you went on the Amazon. I did. I did an Amazon cruise a couple of years ago. We went swimming with piranhas. No. Mm, that was pretty cool. We <laughs> met the local indigenous tribes. It was fabulous. But I have to say, it was nice to have a butler getting back on the ship. Oh, <laughs> to you clean had a the butler. Boots. Yes. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I did a similar thing. I went swimming in the Irrawaddy, but um, most Ooh. of the crew basically said, "Don't do it." And of course, you <laughs> did it. You won't come back. I mean, what? the the water was really quite a strong current. And, Crocodiles. And a little bit polluted at the time, but I was like, "No, I'm going in this bucket list." <laughs> Thankfully, I survived that one. But um, I mean, it does raise the issue, I suppose. Speaking of the rivers and the water, let's have a quick chat about the climate change. I mean, Byrne, you've been looking at the news lately, haven't you? Yes, I have. So guys, if you've read the news lately, you'll know that a very well-known Australian cruise line has been under fire for the way that they've handled passengers after the river levels dropped. It's a seasonal and a weather issue that which has impacted on the cruise ship's ability to reach certain destinations mm. and lots of the lines have experienced it. Yeah, I guess without naming and shaming anyone in particular, it does raise an overall important topic for anybody considering a river cruise. And this is the downside, but it's worth mentioning. Particularly with water levels and global climates under the microscope, mm. what happens to river cruising if our rivers are struggling with water? Yeah, yeah. but well, what the case Byrne mentioned, it was really all about what passengers were told before they left home. You have to check water levels and most reputable lines like Viking, APT and others have river level updates on their websites. Good point. Read that fine. Yes. That is really, really important. Yeah, yeah, you've got to make sure that you understand what your cruise line offers you if there are any problems with those water levels. Make sure that you know what your travel insurance covers if that happens and be sure to check what those levels are doing before you make your final payment and what they're likely to be doing for that time that you intend to travel. Mm. Yeah, most lines offer money back alternatives like swapping ships and they are still able to navigate the rivers and coaching to various sites so check what your line offers but it doesn't happen everywhere and I would emphasize it's unusual so don't be put off yeah I think a lot of the other river cruise lines are also shortening their itineraries yeah. as well which does make a difference it helps so you know you can still experience the best of the river without having to do the full itinerary mm. absolutely so now that we've defined river cruising, let's get into what's new, who's doing what and why, and what sort of river cruiser are you? I like it. <laughs> and, and as we've said, with any type of holiday, you're going to see a great variation in the range of products on offer. River cruising comes in all shapes and sizes. Well, many of them are the same size, but in all, <laughs> all shapes and budgets. But as a whole, regardless of which style of river cruising you choose, there are certain benefits that are undeniable right across the range. For me personally, I love that I only have to unpack once and almost every single day you're in a new town or mm. city or even a new country. Yep. Yeah. Well, my mum gets seasick and oh, she... poor mum's Yeah, I know. <laughs> she did the transatlantic crossing with Cunard. What was she thinking? I have no idea. Anyway, so river cruising is ideal for her and she's done a couple and she really really enjoys the fact that she's not throwing up every single day <laughs> i can imagine i personally just love waking up in a room with a lovely big window and a balcony that looks directly out at some of the most beautiful cities in the world staring out at christmas markets of europe 
or the rice fields of Asia, or even the game reserves of Africa. And mm. that's probably why you don't get out of bed yes, on, exactly. <laughs> on river cruises, Peter. But for me, if you're sitting up on the top deck as the afternoon well, sun sets, it is, it's my absolute moment of paradise. Where Rosie's sedate. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not so sedate. Oh, yes, yeah, sedate, but not stated. Um, but, you know, you're in your sun lounge. I picture it. You've got your book in hand, cup of coffee or a glass of something nice, and you've got all these medieval castles just gliding oh, past, yes. sharing the moment with your loved ones or making new friends. You're being waited on by professional staff. It, it absolutely beats lugging your suitcase around an airport or a train station and wasting all that valuable time trying to get from A to B. Yeah, it's real like Game of Thrones in luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure where you're going with that. Um, So here are some of the activities that are available on the most luxurious ships now, and they really are something else. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the e-bikes. Yeah, you know, doing that down the Danube, you can race the ship if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I've done it. It's great fun. And if you combine your e-bike with a GPS device, and oh. I, I did this as well, you actually get an amazing running commentary of where you're cycling. And I think you'll agree, Rose, these e-bikes, I think mine went at just under 40 kilometers an hour. What? I can yeah. picture you zooming through I was zooming. Cities. I was zooming. And in my ear, this little voice was telling me where I was going. I thought you were going wonderful. too fast, though. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't tell me that. <laughs> That's quite a sight, Peter. <laughs> I can't keep up. Not as bad as my recent cruise where I discovered the rented Lime scooter. Oh. Absolutely amazing. Now, they do 27 kilometers an hour. And believe me, I was a danger to everybody. <laughs> what a liability. I hope you had your helmet on. I had no helmet. I mean, yes, I... Of course I did to the law. <laughs> but that actually makes it easier to get around these little cities and mm, you're not wasting time stuck in queues behind people. So yeah. I became a great fan because it liberates you. It means you can get off your ship, go to a restaurant, get back on your Lime scooter and zoom back to the ship in mm. time. Are you sure you're not working for Lime scooters? I could be working for Lime. <laughs> you can see the video on our website. So go and have a look. So speaking of getting around, though, I mean, there are some fantastic museums and art galleries. You're in a new city, a new town every day. And because Europe is so rich in history and culture, so there's true. just so much to experience. So true. The white horses in Vienna, I can still remember oh, them. Oh, yes. And, and that private opera uh, we had one night where they actually hired the opera house and the orchestra turned out just for us. Oh. And a champagne reception, of course. Oh, funny, my, my cruise line did the same thing. <laughs> <Probably>. So <laughs> exclusive, guys. Damn it. Well, it's not on the same night. <laughs> speaking of exclusivity, though, from my understanding, Crystal River Cruises, which is one of the most luxurious river cruises out there at the moment, offer a James Bond speedboat James tour Bond? down the Danube. No. And you'll be drinking Crystal. Oh, of course. With Crystal. Oh. Of course you will. I like it. I like so that's it. one of my favourites. And what about your butlers? Mm-hmm. The one thing about uh, luxury river cruising is that you get a private butler. And of course, he serves you all that top shelf alcohol and deals with all of your bookings. It's just wonderful. Mm. But then there are those cruise lines as well. And we're going to be chatting with somebody today who has made it possible to cruise on the rivers without having to pay for all that luxury, especially if if that's something that you're not going to be accessing while you're on board. You just want to get to those places and explore by yourself. Or if you're a first-time cruiser and you just want to try river cruising out, this is one of the greatest ways to get a taste of exactly what it's like. 
Absolutely. So now that we know this is all changing and there are new tour operators like Teeming River Cruises and they're introducing those cruises that go for a few hundred dollars per person per day. Mm. It's a river cruise company that advocates twice the fun for half the price. Sounds like my kind of cruise. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's really making cruising accessible for people who want to explore more for less. Bring Mm. him on. I like it. Joining us now is our fantastic couple that we've been talking up throughout the podcast, Jeff and also his beautiful wife, Gina, who are the owners of Teeming River Cruises. Now, guys, thanks for joining us, first of all. Teeming River Cruises really started between the two of you only a couple of years ago, am I right? And that was with the thought that a European river cruise should be more accessible to more people. Yes, that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. We wanted people to travel the way we like to travel. We, we don't want to get on a bus and just follow a flag. Yeah, so yeah. it's more about making sure that people can afford to get on these river cruises without having to do it the way that, that we've been told that we have to. Right, and, and it's just that, you know, we want to give people freedom and eliminate those costs that are associated with high-priced cruises such as busing and guides and flags and all that mm. stuff and mm. really – taking away what people don't want to pay for anyway. Giving them the ability to put their vacation dollars and their vacation time on the things they want to do. So if it's a castle or a museum or just setting up a cafe, they, they have their choice. So we, we're giving them that independence and freedom and mobility to that's, that's choose amazing, what Gina. they want to do. Yep. And, but one of the most surprising things, Gina, is how successful that's been for teaming river cruises. So, for instance, in Australia, we've been really used to cruises priced around seven to nine thousand dollars. But at teaming, you're getting a cruise for under two thousand dollars. How are you doing it? Well, it's a couple things. We we do do a lot of shoulder season uh, sailings, which we come in before the season or after the season to get the few weeks before or after that. Yep. Now, the weather might be perfect, but if you're paying, you know, a lot less, you know, you can bring a jacket. Um, so, again, and then eliminating, like I said, eliminating buses, eliminating the tours. Buses cost a thousand euro a day in, in, in Europe. Um, they're very expensive. Um, and in and the river cruises anyway, you pull right up to the town. You're usually a five to 15 minute walk to the center of town. Also, drink uh, alcohol is not included, and and a lot of our customers don't drink, and they don't want to pay for everybody else's alcohol. Okay. So we do have drink packages that are available that make it very affordable, but yet we everybody doesn't want to pay for everybody else's drinks. Mm. So from my understanding as well, you guys don't do this whole flag shore excursion, which I know a lot of people don't like, but you do provide guests with all that they need to explore. So could you guys tell us a little bit about how that works? Well, what we what our goal is is to equip people to get off the ship and explore on their own. So mm-hmm. we do a couple things. We we've developed uh, with a company out of Italy a city walking tour app. So every one of our itineraries has every city on the app. They can use the app. They don't have to use their cell service or or, or data to use it. It's pre-downloaded, and it gives them all the sights to see in the city. How long it takes to walk there. It has a take me home button that allows them to click the button and tell them how far to walk back to the ship, how to get back 
the ship. In Australia, that that button would be considered something very different, I'd have to say. Guys. I'm assuming to go to the bar or the, the pub? T- the take me home button. <laughs> we have those buttons too. <laughs> I cut you off though. I mean, I guess for me what you what you guys are really saying is that it's about choice, isn't it? I mean, not everybody exactly. wants to have something force-fed to them. Particularly, I mean, Bern and I, neither of us drink alcohol. So for us, that option where you're not paying for other people's drink packages that makes a lot of sense to us. I'll be making up for them. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I love that you're saying that. It's really about choice and having that freedom to take your time. Could you guys tell us a little bit about the ships? Now, I think you've got a fleet of three, right? Uh, yeah, we, we use various ships, and, and next year we're using actually more than three, I think. But, you know, it, it, we can go out there in the open marketplace and look for a ship that's available that they, other, they otherwise may not sell those times and dates and get a better rate. Because they'll keep the ship floating. They don't have to keep send the, the crew home. So to re-equip a ship and resupply a ship after being vacant for a week or two costs a lot of money. So, again, it's all meaning our price point to come in and get a better price for the ship. Otherwise, that then, you know, other people may be, may be paying in the open marketplace. Uh, so that's a factor, too. Bringing, we want to bring those lower prices to the marketplace um, and be able to offer a value. I was just going to say – All the ships we've been on, you know, up to date are beautiful and and very nice, but they're not the newest, you know, the the brand new, you know, ships that you, uh, you know, river cruise ships you might see. But but they're all very nice and they've been recently refurbished. But what we found and kind of our whole model, we try to give our guests as much time as as possible and when we're on the ship it's usually either scenic sailing and everyone's going to be up on the sun deck Mm. you know watching castles float by and and (laughs) vineyards and and all of that or they're going to be you know at the port or you know in the restaurant at night you know so you don't spend a lot of time in the room so not all of ours have balconies and some of those features you're going to see on the newer ships. Well, now that makes perfect sense to me. So would I be right in saying that you guys are going to be one of the more competitive styles of river cruising that's going to keep on emerging? And, and are other cruise lines really going to start doing it the way you're doing it? Um, I think so. I, I think we'll see a copycat here pretty soon. Well, I hope not for your sake, but I do see that this is, it's only going to keep on increasing. It makes perfect sense. And how has this gone right. down in Australia? Um, it, well, it, you know, in the fall, we get a lot of Australians, I think, because it's summer there and they want to get away from the heat. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> in the fall, we're sailing, th- our ships are 30% Australians, New Zealanders. Wow, that's it, a lot. Sorry you know, about that. And, and yeah. <laughs> they love the value. They'd rather come for twice as long oh, yeah. or three times as long instead, instead of what they pay for another line and more enjoy the time and be more relaxed. And we love Aussies. We, we love a mix on our ships. That's why we advertise, you know, all over the world to get a to get a mix of English speaking guests because it creates a different feel and atmosphere on the ship. And we don't want it to be all Americans or all Canadians. We want a real mixture. And we've had people that meet each other that travel from one continent to the next to visit each other. That's so sweet. And we do love you guys. So what are some of the new destinations that you you guys have planned for the next? Yeah, for the next couple of years. Well, we are going to. Portugal doing the Duro, Ooh. which we're really excited to add. Yeah. We're adding France, which was one of the highly requested from our passengers. And we're actually taking 
the French one coming in a couple of days we're leaving and then we're adding one for next year too and then we're also adding an italy one that yes. starts in Ven- yay yay <laughs> i know did you say starts we, in we, venice we, we tried them out like we went on both a duro one and a and the po river that starts in venice and and you know they're sensational i think our guests are gonna love them and so we listen to our passengers actually and what what do they want to do and because of our model the way we're doing it we can we can look for ships in any areas that they're interested in so now i guess i want to know have you got a bit of a special deal that you can throw our way today for our listeners uh, we sure do. What we Yay. what we could do is, for those listening, we'd like to give $100 off any itinerary mm. next year. Yes. And when you see our prices, you'll yeah. just, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good discount because our prices are so low, low, low already. It's not yep. $100 off $7,000. Um, <laughs> I love so it. So it, how it, can people get that? Well, they can use it when, they, when you check out on our page, there's a code and there's the, you, they can punch in a code OB100. Great. That's OB100. OB100. And that's from looking at at your website, teamingrivercruises.com? Correct. Uh Uh-huh. Excellent. We like that. So that's OB100 is the promo code. OB as in on board. On board. (laughs) On board, yes. On board 100. (laughs) Well, you guys are off to France in a couple of days. I do. I feel really sorry for you. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty jealous. (laughs) You need to join us. We'd love to join you. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another to come and experience. We're dying to do it. Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) We'll be there tomorrow. We'll all be there. Three of us. (laughs) All of our listeners. I'm just going to say, I have some connections, so we could make that happen. We'll we'll be chatting straight after this podcast. (laughs) We really appreciate your time with us today on the podcast, guys, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Terrific. Well, Great thank you for having me. And send us Enjoy. photos. Take care. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. What an awesome couple. I love that. I, I, know. I am so there. Can you yeah. imagine just traveling the world together, oh, yeah. just doing amazing cruises? I'm picturing it now. Finding that favorite river. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, between the three of us, I reckon we've got a few tips for people listening mm. as to how to get the most out of river cruising. Burn, what would be your top tip? So my top tip is make sure that you don't have to go back to the ship every single day for lunch. There are Mm. so many amazing cafes and bistros, especially when you're traveling around in Europe. Go and try them. So true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got to say that you should do your research in advance for the places you're visiting and make a booking or reservation. I was in Provence. I cannot tell you how I cried when people went back to the ship for lunch when they could have had Cried into your croissant. (laughs) (laughs) And truffles. Your French glass of Chateau Neuf de Pepe. That's the one. Yes. Now, I, I also have a top tip. At dinner time, people usually, they flock to the same seat every night, but you don't need to do that. Move your seat around, try sitting with different people. You never know who you're going to meet at those dinner settings on board the so ship. True, so, so true. don't get stuck in the routine. All right. I'll make sure that I don't sit with the same people the entire time <laughs> when I'm on my teaming cruise. Um, <laughs> another one of my tips is become mates with your butler or your crew members Mm. most of them have great insider tips because they do live and work in these regions very true Mm. hey now this one sounds a bit daggy but 
often I travel with my kids and you don't want to pay a fortune for things like laundry if you're on that budget on board. So you can just drop off your washing at a, at a laundromat in the morning when you're out and about and pick it up on the way back and you save an absolute packet. Mm. Absolutely. And try new things on those e-bikes. They can take you anywhere. <laughs> like uh, speeding. And scooters and scooters. Through the village. To be brave. Get pay off that ship and, and explore. Pay attention to the speed limits though, Peter. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> and stop advocating lime scooters. Yes. No, that's a great tip, though. Hey, I just think that wraps it up perfectly now that I've got that vision of Peter speeding through well, the cities. Well, not quite. Though. Not quite. Because, of course, I haven't told my joke. Oh, oh, this is the best part of the podcast. So what keeps a dock from floating? What? Peer pressure. Oh, ah. the foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's it for On Board with Cruise Passenger for this week. Don't forget to check out the website, cruisepassenger.com.au. And don't forget to go for that teeming special offer. Oh, yeah. Check out the digital newsletter as well. And don't forget to enter the multiple competitions that we have running. Yeah, do it. You could be cruising. I like that one to the Kimberley for $20,000. Wow. I'll take anyone, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But from all of us here at Cruise Passenger, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.